You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week, Justin Davis, Scoop. Jared Petty, Hello. Vincent Janito. Let's do it! We've got a great show for you this week. So much to talk about, so much to get through. First, some housekeeping notes. Next week is Gamescom. Housekeeping! In Germany. <laughs> Vince and I are going. We are! We're gonna I can't it. wait. Yeah. My first time to Germany. Oh, uh, you're gonna have a good time. Cologne is a fun city. Auf Wiedersehen. Yeah. <laughs> Justin and I are not going. Yeah, yeah. for that reason. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. So, we're gonna see a lot of games. It's a big, loud show, and there's a bunch of conferences too. Microsoft has a conference. Mm-hmm. EA. Blizzard is doing a conference, EA. Yep. Uh, and then they also, 2K announced that they're gonna be unveiling Mafia 3. Oh, that's right. I'm, next week. And I'm, yeah. gonna be, I'm gonna be there for that. I'm gonna Mafia be Mafia 2, uh, underrated. Yeah, I mean, when when was Mafia Two? It was early last generation. Well, I guess not that early. Two thousand ten. Yeah, two thousand ten. So, I believe. Yeah. yeah, so five years. So, do we have any hints yet about like setting or, or anything at all? Uh, they have nothing official, but last spring, mm-hmm. in spring of twenty fourteen, uh, some voice casting mm-hmm. notes leaked, which show that it could take place in Louisiana. Oh, that would be amazing. There'd be three main characters mm. that they were casting for, and it could take place in Louisiana. I'd love to see it thrown back, like like you know, Mississippi Mud, uh, Dixie Mafia days. I mean, that would just be yeah. absolutely amazing. Because uh, there, there's a real life, like a true crime story there that's so fantastic that it's almost unbelievable, and it would make it a, like, a wonderful video game. Uh, it, 
Isn't that kind of like what Justified explored? I, Justified is is kind of that East Kentucky thing. The, the Dixie Mafia end on this was was a little more like assassinations in in lawmakers' houses and mm. this like rampant small town drug trade in Mississippi. It's a little different culture. Kentucky's kind of its own little world. I love Justified. Yeah. But Kentucky is Kentucky. It's it's not the South. It's not the North. It's Kentucky. Okay. Uh, whereupon uh, what you're going to get in Louisiana is going to be decidedly Southern, and uh, <laughs> I, I'd really like to see what you get out of that. Yeah, so we'll see. I guess we'll find out very soon if uh, Mafia 3 is indeed, indeed in Louisiana. So you liked Mafia 2. Yeah, it was great. The complaint that I see most of all is that it's this big open world with just nothing going on. Nothing there. You're just driving through empty streets. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I found it really atmospheric. The game changes seasons, and it's at its strongest when it's winter, I felt mm. like. There's a specific scene. I don't know how scripted it is or how real or fake it is. With an open world game, it's hard to tell what's pulling the strings behind sure. the scenes. But you're walking up a street, like walking up this kind of side street alley, and there's Christmas music playing on the radio, and the snow's lightly falling, and you can see like tire tracks from when cars went by, and there's pedestrians doing things like looking out windows and shouting and waving, and it was just like amazing. Like It's mm-hmm. just this amazing moment. I really, really liked that game world and the setting a lot, and I was invested in the story. Um, yeah, I think that's probably a fair complaint about the open world. It's not... It's an open world, but it's not so much of a sandbox where it's like, we're going to yeah. turn you loose on the world and go yeah. crazy. Sure. Um, it's not that kind of open world game. Mm-hmm. But um, the nice thing about sequels is that they've all read the criticisms and reviews and are you know, fairly likely to address those sure. in the, you know, when, when the next one comes yeah. out. Yeah. They've I'm, had five years to work on it. So. I'm not totally convinced that if there was just dots all over the map to go mm-hmm. and now climb this friggin' water exactly. tower to yeah. unlock a new portion of Louisiana. It's like, it's not... Exactly. It doesn't seem like that kind of game. That's what I was going to say is that I, I resist the... The notion that the purpose of an open world is just to give people a bunch of activities to do yeah. at their leisure. I feel like there's absolutely something to be said for um, creating an open world just for the sake of atmosphere. Like you can get carried away with that if you've got a massive, massive world yeah. and there's literally just you're just wandering around kind of aimlessly without a, a sense of why or where or without anything to do. That can be a little bit much, but there are definitely moments like, for instance, LA Confidential. Mm-hmm. Uh, LA Confidential. <laughs> Not a coincidence that I sit there. L.A. Yeah, Noir, right. yeah. a movie that feels very much like L.A. Confidential, yeah. a game that feels very much like the movie L.A. Confidential. Yeah, like that. There wasn't a lot to do in like the open-ish parts of the world in L.A. Yeah. Noir, but like I cherished every drive that I took from point A to point B, even though the driving wasn't that great. Yeah, just because of the way the look and feel and how yeah. it made me feel yeah. about the, the context that gave for the rest of the game. Yeah, sure. uh, Blizzard is also have. I think Blizzard is having two presentations next week. One is for everything not World of Warcraft, so uh, I think we'll talk about the next Hearthstone expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, timing should be right for that. We might probably get a release date. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Anything about StarCraft or Diablo that we'd expect? Time, uh, timing could be right for both of those. There's rumors mm-hmm. of a reveal of a new Diablo expansion. I mean, the short answer is we don't know. Yeah. Like, it's right. all kind of speculation, but the timing's right for more Legacy of the Void info. Timing's right for maybe Diablo expansion news. They're, they're fam- they famously take their time. You know, so we, we, it could be just about anything. They never seem to be in any hurry to produce a new product. They get a lot of stuff uh, kicking around. I mean, yeah. the, Blizzard has more products in active development now than probably ever in the company's history because we could mm-hmm. easily get an Overwatch news... Um, um, that would be exciting. We could easily get you know some Heroes of the Storm hero mm-hmm. reveal. There's mm-hmm. any number of directions that they could take it. And then there's a sec- separate presentation just for World of Warcraft where they are going to announce the next expansion. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know what that is. There's been rumors. Uh, I forget. There's a rumored name for the expansion. Uh, yeah, the one... Well, I don't know what one you're thinking of. There's one that's been bouncing around for a while that was uh, proven false, and I can't okay. even recall the name of it yeah. yet either. After, the, after <laughs> the world of pandas, I'm just hoping for like a hedgehog continent. If we could have that, I'd be very good. Hedgehogaria? Por- 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 porcupinia, I think. Porcupinia. Uh, porcupinia. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. 
Perils of Porcupinia. That's the new expansion. You heard it here first. Oh, Warlords God. of Draenor. Uh, short for pop. Was uh, was not received incredibly well. So that came out late last year. Yeah. And then they're turning around expansion faster. Then this quarter, the first quarter of this year, saw the biggest drop in subscribe paying subscribers for World of Warcraft ever. The Dropped funny down thing to is, 7.1 million. I heard someone. I can't take credit for this observation. I saw it on Reddit earlier today, but it rung really true to me um, that. Warlords of Draenor launched really strong, and everyone thought it was great. Mm -hmm. But then once they sort of dug into it and reached match, max level, they sort of realized there wasn't a lot under the hood in yeah. the expansion. Whereas uh, Mists of Pandaria had the opposite effect. It launched, and everyone was very so-so on it. And they're kind of like, I don't know about this new continent. I don't know about this new class. But then once they dug into it, there was actually a huge amount of content for every single type of player and play style. Like whatever type of WoW player you were, Mists gave you something to do. Um, and Warlords kind of flipped that on its head uh, to the to the detriment of the of the overall WoW experience. When did WoW launch? Yeah. I, I don't. Well, uh, I played it in two thousand three, but okay, I believe cool. that was still beta testing. Yeah, I wanted I to say two thousand four. I think the official launch launch was two thousand four. So we're talking eleven years of official launch. Essentially, yeah. official launch. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. It is it's, amazing. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, that's longer than almost every console lifecycle, with mm -hmm. with a couple of exceptions. It's They've been saying incredible. for for as long as WoW has been around, Blizzard's been saying we're going to start turning expansions around faster. Mm -hmm. And then every expansion, this time we really mean it. <laughs> we're going to shorten that time period up, and we're not. Going to get expansions out every two years or two plus years. You know they want to be on that faster expansion cycle. And um, you know, yeah, if we are going to indeed get the expansion news, it sounds like they're finally figuring out a way to execute on that. Mm -hmm. And then Sony is not having a press conference this time at Gamescom. They're saving it for Paris Games Paris Week, Games Week yeah. this year. But Microsoft will be there, and uh, they'll be showing three big games that were absent from E3. Those include Scalebound, Quantum Break, and Crackdown. Woohoo! Crackdown! <laughs> I, I love Crackdown. Uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy that game. I, I think that in, in some <laughs> ways, Crackdown is the best GTA game ever made. Um, I, I really like uh, the original. That, that open world with, with all of the... The, the original Crackdown yeah. is yeah. the best GTA game ever made? Uh, well, Chinatown Wars is the best, but the original Crackdown Whoa. is... Okay, well, so this, uh, this will further my thinking. Chinatown Wars is better than Vice City? I like Chinatown Wars more than I City. I really do. It's that that drug that drug dealing yeah. minigame. Like I, I just could not stop. It's like playing Elite on the streets of GTA. And I love GTA games. I, I adore them. I really do. But I think Chinatown Wars is something special. I also love how you uh, how you stop the the star level by wrecking the police cars. It's a wonderful mm. mechanic. I love how they lovingly rendered Liberty City. I mean, GTA Five is awesome. It's an amazing open world. But I really do love uh, I, I love the the uniqueness of Chinatown Wars. And I love the simplicity of Crackdown. It strips it all down. It's just like, I wish I had that guy walking around with me all the time just like, it's bagel day at work, agent. Pick yeah. one up. You know, I just, it's wonderful. You can do a bagel day at work today. Yeah. <laughs> you can approach every problem from a hundred different angles. That game is just wide open. Uh, my favorite video game of all time is Sid Meier's Pirates. And one of the reasons I love it is because you can approach that game. It is the sandboxiest of sandboxes. You can just go after any problem from about any angle. Crackdown is like that. And if this new Crackdown carries on that spirit from the original, I, I am just one agility orb away from leaping through this uh, the ceiling. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Crackdown was really good. Crackdown 2, candidate for most disappointing oh. sequel. Yeah. And I think that's and the main reason for that being that I think that Crackdown had literally zero expectations placed against yeah. it. Yeah. Because it that, was just the pack-in bonus. That game was people paying $60 for it, the Halo 3 exactly. multiplayer. It was, it was and then finding with out. The, with the, oh, this is actually really good, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I, and that's what I think it was. I think all of us got it for different reasons. <clears throat> And then we got it expecting it, we were going to get a terrible game. Mm. And then it wasn't terrible. And so we were like, 
when you expect terrible and you get not terrible, this is amazing. And then when you expect amazing and you get I wonder. Okay. I played a lot of Crackdown. It's one of the first games I remember spending a lot of time just dicking around. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. do that in the older GTA yeah. games. I just I just didn't. Crackdown was the first one where I'm like, I'm going to intentionally try to ramp my truck onto the top of this vehicle and mm-hmm. just stuff like that. I suspect that if I were to go back and play that game today, like, I remember the shooting not feeling that great. Nope. And I remember the grenades feeling kind of broken. Like, I wonder how fun that game would be to play, go back to and play today. But I really liked it at the time. I went back to it fairly recently, and maybe this is just, like, fan sentimentality, but... I still had a ball. I started mm. from the beginning again and dived back in. I was like, this is still fun. I, I was amazed by it. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Stealth stealth candidate for best superhero game. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Great pick. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, I guess that would be better than uh, Saints Row. Spider-Man 2 is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you can expect coverage of all these games on IGN next week. We're also going to be live streaming from the show Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, I think the time, the local times will be starting at 6 a.m. Pacific. Set your Pretty lines, early everybody. for <laughs> those of you on the West Coast, but uh, you know, 9 a.m. on the East Coast. When you come into work, set your coffee down on your desk, launch IGN.com, watch the live show from your Gamescom. Your boss comes over, slap him across the face. Yeah. Don't you know that Gamescom's <laughs> right? going on? Just invite him to Gamescom sit down with boss. you. Yeah. So you can sit yeah. side by side and watch yeah. it together. Or work here, and it and then it's fine. Just or just it. work here, and it's yeah. your job. I'm sure call, many people would be willing to call <laughs> call in sick. Yep. Or just qu- also or just quit. Just quit. <laughs> yeah. Then you, you can just just quit your you job. All the time coverage. in the world to watch. watch what you, you even doing? You don't even like that place anyway. Yeah. Um. Okay. Switching gears to it's a, fine. <laughs> it's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> a game that was big at Gamescom last year: Rise of the Tomb Raider. Last year at Gamescom was when it was announced that Rise of the Tomb Raider was an Xbox exclusive. And there was all this mystery shrouding that announcement. Like, is it exclusive forever? Is it a timed exclusive? No one will, no one will say for sure. Yeah. Uh, now we finally know definitively it is a timed exclusive mm-hmm. and we know the time frame. It comes to PC, so first of all it comes to Xbox One this fall, November 10th. Mm-hmm. Same day as Fallout 4. Thanks for that, guys. <laughs> I, I still expect that to... Change. Flinch? Yeah, flinch. I feel like somebody's going to blink here, yeah. and it's not going to be not going to be Bethesda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's coming to PC then early 2016. So we can sometime between January and March, I would mm-hmm. expect it then. Mm-hmm. And then uh, holiday 2016 for a PS4. Yeah, one year later on PS4. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be Rise of the Tomb Raider, the definitive edition. Exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah. It really will, yeah. I mean, that's the like. I don't. I have an Xbox One, and I'm not necessarily like a graphics whore. I play. I played Dragon Age on it. Thought it looked and played great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't uh, multiplayer games. I'll play them on any platform. Just whatever I happen to get my hands on. But the only reason I might be willing to wait for Tomb Raider is because I don't want to have to rebuy it to play the definitive edition, like yeah. to get the version that has everything included. Like, so so I don't know. That gives me a little bit of pause. Do mm-hmm. you guys care about the new Tomb Raider? I mean, how do you feel about it? Oh, yeah. very much. Yeah. I was yeah. a huge gorgeous. fan of the last one. Okay. I thought, yeah. their, I thought their E3, um, the section that they showed at the press conference was a little bit, I don't think they did the game, I think they did it kind of a disservice by what they showed off. They released an extended trailer that you can see on their YouTube channel, I think we published it on IGN too, that uh, sort of continues mm-hmm. after that big glacier set mm-hmm. piece ends. And then it's the open world Tomb Raider, like she's trying to stealth around dudes and sort of uh, throwing a gas can to distract them, and uh, she fights a bear, and yeah. like yeah. she, you know, does the whole. Uh, they showed some of the new stuff rather yeah. than their stage presentation was just more like. Well, the stage it, presentation grappling. was very uncharted, scripty, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, climbing, press X, quick time events, which I guess is flashy, and you only have however many seconds you have on yeah. stage, but. Um, 
seeing that extended demo uh, put any of my fears to rest, you know, I'm like, this is, you know, more of what we got a couple years ago. It was my game of the year a couple years ago Mm -hmm. when it came out. Um, I really, really liked it. I think the changes that they have made are smart. Um, I'm incredibly excited. I think that team's really talented. Why is it not called Tomb Raider Bear Fighter? Tomb Raider Bear Fighter. Seems like an oversight. Because it would be so easy to change it to, to Tomb Raider Bear, B-A-R-E, Fighter. Ah, that's oh, a good point. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's right. the only and reason. And you remember the reason. Or, or you can keep Bear Fighter and then it could have yeah. a different connotation altogether. Right. Yeah, except the, the nude code is, is, a, is a myth. <laughs> it's not real, Vince. There was, there was, <laughs> no a, nude there was a Nude Raider mod back in the day. There was yeah. a mod. Nude Raider mod. I yeah. remember that. Mod, yeah. yes. I like, maybe that'll be like they do, so the core games are Tomb Raider and then the spin-offs are Lara Croft. Like yeah. They did Lara Croft in the Temple of Osiris. Yeah. Like, okay. Maybe it'll be Lara Croft Bear Fighter. Or Lara Croft Bear. I'm good with that. <laughs> Although that's still going to place you in the same conundrum for mods, I think. Well, there a, you know. There was a copy of Nude Raider on my Spanish classroom PC in, in 1997. I think, if I remember right. Um, that somebody Someone should have reported there. you. I didn't put it on there. <laughs> to oh, I, I did the not cyber do that. police. Yeah. yeah, I did not do that. Nope, nope. But I remember it was on there. I love that that was like, that was like a myth in the 90s. Like, that there's a, a Tomb Raider nude code out there somewhere. Someone knows the code. <laughs> yeah. If you find it, you can... They just, they just come off. Um, the, code, the clothes just fly off. The wishful thinking of yeah. teenage boys. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll also be seeing Rise of the Tomb Raider next week at Gamescom. Have some more updates then. Switching gears to Nintendo. Some good news for Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, they finally reached 10 million Wii U sold, and they are turned a profit, a 10, I think a 10 billion yen uh, profit. How many dollars is okay. that? Uh, can, you buy, can you buy a Subway sandwich? That's about 10, 10 million. Uh, maybe $67 eight, million. Dollars. Is that what they said? Yeah, okay, that's, that's, yeah that's right, because the yen is weak now. That's right. Yeah. It used to be strong, now it's weak. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so that's good. Even though sales are down, they they they're slow. They're up. Sales of the console are up in Japan, but down everywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. But they finally managed to cross that landmark: ten million okay. units sold. Still okay. going to undoubtedly be the worst-selling Nintendo home console ever. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the well, thing: we count the Virtual Boy. Oh, yeah. is that a home console though? Uh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's on the line. Yeah, that's sort of the that. line there. Sure, that's yeah. fair. They killed that thing in like six months too. I mean, they, they really actually tried with the Wii U, uh, which I was surprised by in a way. They, Nintendo tends to kill the, 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 the children that don't perform well immediately, uh, but they really did give the Wii U a go. And yeah. Maybe it's because they didn't have anything left in the back pocket. Or maybe because yeah. they just wanted this to a point where they turned a profit on it. Yeah, I mean, that's it. But now they're making money again, so yep. yay. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's great. That's great yeah. news. When Nintendo prospers, uh, I'm happy because yeah. I well, so like Nintendo games. 3DS sales are up. Yep. And they say uh, Amiibo sales are favorable, but they're still not providing actual sales numbers on how much yeah. Amiibo have been sold. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, the Wii U, I, I don't know. I like my Wii U. I, I don't know what there is left to say about it. I, mean, I don't yeah. know. Like, they insist <coughs> that Zelda's still coming out for the Wii U. I remain skeptical. I'm super stoked for Mario Maker, though. That's true. I mean, yeah. Super mm-hmm. Mario Maker. Super and Mario that's out uh, in September. That is one of the most exciting video games for me in a very long time. Yep. Uh, I, I cannot wait to play that. We found out, I saw a headline that was, uh, Mario Maker will support 99 Amiibo. And in my head, I'm like, no, the headline of that story is, there are 99 Amiibo. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't you have all of them? Mm, not anymore. Okay. Oh. Did you hear the tremor in his voice? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah no. Uh, <laughs> 
I got I got out of the game. Okay. <laughs> have have you moved on? Do you have like a, a substitute drug, a withdrawal drug to help or anything? Uh, yeah. Or? I mean, well, everybody's got to spend their money on something. Right. Yep. Um, I've been buying board games again lately. Oh, there we go. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Totally. I got, used to, I got used the, the board game. I got the Marvel Legendary. Mm. I got bought into that. I bought a game called Splendor. That's a lot of fun. Love Letter. Splendor. Splendor. Oh, I love so Love Letter. Love Letter's so great. Yeah, into love letter. yeah Love, love Letter's great. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful, like, hey, you got 10 minutes to play some board, board game scoop. Board game scoop. I would love to do board game scoop We can do that one day. I've been saying for years that uh, when I finally just uh, take off all my clothes and quit this job, say I'm out, because that's no. how you quit a job. That's yep. how you, you quit take naked first. Yeah, exactly. Um, when that day finally happens, I want to start like a board game. Something like you know, podcast or yeah. show mm-hmm. or a website. Well, as a, as a little look behind the scenes, we we tried to pilot a board game show years ago, mm-hmm. and we shot more than multiple pilots where we played the Gears of War board game. Yeah, I think we we played a whole game twice with Clements with Ryan Clements. Yeah, that was old and neither of those worked. And then I filmed you and Clements playing Net uh, Android Netrunner. Yeah, oh, Net Netrunner. Yeah. yeah, and then that didn't ever that didn't work either. That I literally didn't. We shot matter. multiple pilots of us playing board games for a Dana, show, did and you it know didn't work. We just shot a pilot last week. No, I know we're trying again. <laughs> the fourth time's the charm. As a matter of fact, right now in the yeah. studio, they are filming yeah. a board game That's show. That's why I'm not. Yeah, if you don't see me on that episode, I was in the first pilot, but I had to miss this one for scoop. Mm. Yep, then they're working. Priorities. I mean, come on. right. Either way, you should get back to Android Netrunner. Yeah, I know. No, I mean, sure, I know this isn't board game scoop, but I do want to, like, if people aren't aware, the board game scene is, like, a legit thing now. Like, there's hot games that come out in all kinds of different genres and themes, and... It's more than just Scrabble! Yeah, games that are very mechanically light versus games that are very mechanically heavy, different running times, co-op, competitive. I mean, the scene is really, really cool and interesting and very fun, and, uh, you know, it's a hobby that you can drop a lot of money on or find things that are pretty inexpensive. I'm I'm really really into board games these days, and that makes me so so happy to see it percolating out to you know the masses and seeing it be a thing that a lot of people are into. I'd love to for board game scoop to just be the two of you facing each other across this table playing chess while doing game scoop. <laughs> I think that would work. Just like kind of sit like two old men in a park. You a good chess player? Am I a good chess player? No, mm. I'm too aggressive. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. Okay, then we can play then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I you guys play I, Go? I overextend myself. No. Go? I haven't go? played. No, I haven't played Go. go. Oh, let's play Go. I'll teach you. It's fun. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm not any good, but I love it. Damon. <laughs> Game realm. Well, those guys, kinds of games. Did you guys notice they, uh, that uh, PS Plus lineup for next month is? I didn't see it. I didn't yeah. see the news. Oof! Listen to this. This is yep. this is what you're you're getting. You're a PS Plus subscriber. I am. Yep. Here's yeah. what you're getting. I'll close my eyes. Here we go. Next month, Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris. Ah. Limbo. Ah. Nice. Sound shapes. Whoa. Stealthing two. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and those those are all for PS4. Wait a minute. Whoa. There's two more though too. Stealthing two. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I must have. I feel terrible about this. It's, we gave have, it an eight point five. I must have missed when it. No, I know that. I must have missed when it came to Sony platforms because Still Think Original was on Sony platforms. Still Think Two debuted on Wii U. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't aware that, that well, it had made its. But day. sometimes for PS Plus, they're free from day one. So maybe it's. Oh, just so maybe it's, launch, yeah. maybe it's launching. Maybe it's launch, maybe it's yeah. launching. I love that franchise. That yep. franchise is completely. I that was one of my last uh, one of my last reviews as a freelancer for IGN before I came on. Uh, full time. It's still one of the highest scores I've ever given out. I think like everything about that game, from the art design to the atmosphere and the mechanics and the way the puzzles are organized and laid out, is just totally masterful. Yeah. Uh, if you have not played Stealth Think, the original, uh, or as it was known on PC, Stealth Bastard. Oof. Definitely. This is a family show, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that is it's fine. Is, is that true? 
I mean, <laughs> ostensibly, yes. I just, I just like to imagine like a mother or father and three children yeah. sitting in front of their television sets. Do you remember that time we got a letter? <laughs> we got a letter from the mom or dad of a little boy who I think was six. It's like he loves to watch you yeah, guys every yeah, week really young. and talk about video games. And then it, in my head, I'm like picturing all the things I've said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like even that episode was maybe like a little bit dicey. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like we apologize for the nude raider discussion with your family. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Stealthing Two sounds like should be very cool, and then I'm like I'm stoked. I haven't played Limbo in two or three yep. years, so yep. I'll totally play that again. I missed Temple of Osiris because it came out in December last year, yeah, and I was too. playing Far Cry Four, so mm -hmm. look forward to playing that. There's two more, aren't there, as well? Uh, yeah. So and there's also Sound Shapes, which is great. Right. And then uh, for PS3 and Vita right. is Castle Storm Complete Edition. Oh, mm -hmm. awesome! Yep. And then for PS3 is God of War Ascension. Oh, okay. Which is a you know a full fledged God of War game. That yep. Came out a couple that's years a, ago. that's a groovy month right there. It sure is. Month. Yeah. So. Castle Storm is another kind of underrated uh, sleeper uh, from sleeper Zen Studios, yeah. the makers of Zen Pinball. Uh, yep, mm -hmm. that's right. And it's yeah. a, it's very solid. It's got it's got a mix of uh, there's some tower defense elements. There's mm -hmm. some yeah, uh, it's there's like some, like <clears throat> base construction elements, uh, yeah. physics based elements. It like. almost feels like if Rampart had become a franchise and it were like Rampart Five, it would be Castle Storm. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's like uh, Swords and Soldiers. So Ooh, that stuff makes two D, yeah, two yeah, D sending troops out yep. uh, to overwhelm the other. But then there's also the mechanic where you're fire, firing, uh, uh, you know, arrows and spears and, and boulders at the enemy castle and trying right. to bring it. And down then, to. and then, and then that castle is like deforming, like yeah. by it's all physics based right. how yeah. it deforms, and you build your castle with different rooms. And you know, the idea yeah. is like the more different rooms I have, the more different units and abilities I have access to, but. You know, maybe it's not as structurally, you know, sound as a, mm -hmm. something that has fewer options, but a little more armor and a little more meaty. So it's interesting, uh, yeah. interesting <clears throat> dynamic to that game. Yeah, yeah. it's a cool game. Man, you, you mentioned Rampart, though. Yeah. What, is, what would a modern-day Rampart be like? Uh, Castle Storm. Uh, uh, yeah, Castle Storm, but yeah. I, yeah. But I don't know. Rampart, do you enjoy Rampart? Uh, I like Rampart. Yeah, if you haven't played it, a three-player simultaneous trackball, like, like screw with your friends but help your friends kind of game, you're constantly moving between competition and, and, and collaborating. Because, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. It's round-based. Right. And so you have to like build defenses in between rounds and then launch... You know, yeah, you're attack. scrambling to build defenses, and then you're scrambling to defend yourself, and you're scrambling to screw your friends over, and it's just wonderful. I, I, that that game, that would be ripe for a return. Nobody would care about the name, but that design, I can't think of another game that's ever quite approached, um, yeah. like that kind of competitive uh, co-op multiplayer the way Rampart did. I think that that would be a wonderful. You just have to uh, rename it as something that make yeah. people buy it, like War Killer. War Killer, yeah. 3D. I play yeah. War the Killer return. 3D. Death Blood. Death Blood. <laughs> But yeah, it's a wonderful game. So yeah, a modern day Rampart would probably be, I don't know, maybe a corridor-based uh, third-person uh, shooter where you way. stomp on no, heads. No, nope. Um, that's, nope. You're I'm making out. me sad now. Yeah. Ejects. Yeah. Keep going. Damon's <laughs> out. Uh, all right, moving on. News for good news for uh, fans of JRPGs this week. Dragon Quest XI was announced. This guy's excited. I don't know how many. Uh, it seemed to fly. I didn't. I didn't see a lot of the IGN community talking about this game this mm -hmm. week. Uh, now, to be fair, it has not been confirmed to be coming to the West. Yeah. Maybe that's why. That's, that's some of it. But uh, what I think is interesting is that this game is coming to PlayStation 4 and 
3DS. Yeah, <laughs> which is that makes so oh, much right. sense for Square Enix, but, but they it have doesn't to make, make a lot of sense games, to us. Right? Like they, well, you, I don't know. These I don't are very, very different. So, okay, so Dragon Quest games are, generally speaking, not particularly taxing to the hardware. Well, they uh, also, they, a, a big part of what they'll spend their time on is the scenario and characters and writing and plot. And all right. that will carry, like, sure, they have to make yeah. two games in the sense that they're not going to have gorgeous HD graphics on the 3DS and mm -hmm. hopefully, presumably, will on the PS4. But uh, there's still a lot of... It, it maybe makes some sense. There's maybe more overlap there in their production than you might think at first. Well, for, for the worldwide market, PS4 makes a lot of sense for them. And for the domestic market, 3DS makes a lot of sense for them. Dragon Quest games are the second coming of, of the Lord in Japan when they happen. I mean, they are big yeah. deals for with, the most part. With the first coming being Monster uh, Hunter. Yeah, I mean, that may be true. That's a good point. <laughs> the third uh, coming the, is just the Lord. Yeah, it's just the Lord. <laughs> but yeah, Dragon Quest so, games are huge in Japan. Bigger than and, Jesus. And, there was and, always that, that myth for us that uh, the release of a certain Dragon Quest game yeah. prompted uh, the enactment of a law right. preventing the release of video games on school days. Yeah, that was Dragon Quest. So many kids missed... And the, which is actually not true. Yeah. A lot of kids skipped school, but, but the yeah. law never got yeah. made. That yeah. was for Dragon Quest III, which is where the series really blew up in Japan. It took a lot. It's never really caught on in America. The Dragon Quest yeah. games have sold. Did, people eight liked it pretty well. Eight so, did okay, and, yeah. and five finally came here, and five is the best. And that, but I don't think it's sold all that well, actually. If eight did okay. I don't uh, think Dragon Quest has ever sold particularly well here in, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, this is the 11th one, and uh, it goes yeah. all the way back to the NES. And Nintendo actually yeah. published it themselves, and they yeah. gave it a big push in Nintendo Power. But I think it was around, it was just a little bit before Final Fantasy. And yeah. Final yeah. Fantasy has just always seemed a little bit more, oh. uh, I don't know, a little more advanced a little bit. You, you compare Final Fantasy to Dragon Quest One, and it's, it's, it's not even close. Final Fantasy is a far more sophisticated game than yeah. Dragon Quest One. Now, the version of Dragon Quest One we got in America, which is called Dragon Warrior, was actually very good compared to the Japanese one, which was kind of, kind of janky and kludgy. And it was actually Satoru Iwata who went in and polished it up for America mm -hmm. uh, and made it much, well, so much better game. They did a lot of polishing because in the, in the Japanese original, your character always faces down no matter which direction he's <laughs> yeah. walking. Yeah, I think there's a menu. <laughs> I, like... I actually think there's a menu-based <laughs> command to rotate him, but I, I can't remember for sure. I have played this. It's yeah. been a while. Dragon... It's, it's just awful. It's, yeah. it's really a terrible game. Um, not, its re-release version in America is quite good, and Dragon, I, I do want to, to pimp this game for a minute. Dragon Quest V is one of the best JRPGs. It's, it's an absolute must-play. It's a slow burn. It begins playing like any other Dragon Quest game. You're kind of like, well, this is kind of fun. It's turn-based and simple. And that thing rolls out into a bona fide epic. That's a wonderful video game. Please play it. Um, sorry, that's my All right, game. then. Uh, you know what a game I liked? What's that? I liked that uh, Rocket Slime. Oh, I love Rocket Slime! <laughs> it's yeah. so good! I like yeah. the ship-to-ship -ship I love this, this slime behind us. That makes me very happy. So happy. Yeah. My wife and I moved to Japan, and for like the first two weeks we were there, I'm like, honey, we're in Japan for the first time ever. Just go away, I'm playing Rocket Slime. Yeah. That, that was what was going on for, Rocket, for a while. Rocket Slime is really good. Yeah. Four Dragon Quest games, I'm sorry, they were called Dragon Warriors at the time, yeah. uh, came to the NES. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they yep. all, the box art is all so similar. It's yeah. just like, the same like guy fighting a dragon in different positions. Uh, yeah, if you four is totally solid, by the way. Yeah. That's a game then, very well worth playing. By then yeah. they were like, so uh, Dragon Quest the series turns thirty next year. Wow, it's one of the. Can you believe like that? This series is run by the same people today yeah. as it was in nineteen eighty six. Unbelievable. Yep. The same That's game designer, wild. the same uh, artist, same composer. 
It's insane. On, on Japanese TV, every every channel is pretty much a different variety show all the time. They're either yeah. cooking or That's doing great. a variety show. And you will constantly hear two video game themes. Uh, one is Super Mario Brothers, and the other is the Dragon Quest March. Mm. It's on every channel all the time. Uh, it's, it's just permeates the culture there. You draw a slime or a Draki or one of the other iconic monsters, and every kid in every class recognizes it, but so do 45-year-old people like yeah. walking by. It's just, just it's almost as important as, as, as something like Mario or, or Pokemon. Mm. It's really cool. Do you guys know this? I bet, I bet Jared knows this. Do you know why they changed the name to Dragon Warrior? Uh, Western it, release. Uh, this there was a conflict. There was already a Dragon Quest, right? Uh, there was a pen and paper RPG yeah. called Dragon Quest. One word intercapped. Yeah, at the time. Uh, and then the rights eventually went to Wizards of the Coast, but they didn't uh, renew their trademark. Yep. So in two thousand three, Square Enix filed. Yeah. They for said, a, "Bam, Dragon Quest now." And they're like, "Dragon Quest now." Yeah. We can switch. It. And that but worked. I forget. Even Dragon Quest Eight was released as Dragon Warrior Eight. Was it? Uh, I thought it was oh, oh, I'm sorry, because no, no, no. that was seven, the first yeah, that was much later. I thought seven was still Dragon Warrior. Seven was. But I, I think, think seven was seven. Dragon Quest seven was seven actually released here? Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, weren't there a couple that weren't? It was released? a PlayStation one. Yeah, five and six were not released was. here for a long time. And five and six were skipped. Okay. They're both worth playing. Five is the best. Seven, seven was boring. As yeah. Well. well, seven is seven is kind of like Final Fantasy nine. It's very like metatextual. If you grew up playing all the Dragon Quest games in Japan, you love it. Final Fantasy nine is an incredible game. I like Dragon Quest Seven, mm. right. and uh, and then uh, six is good. Nine is excellent because nine is pretty much like somebody made an Ultima game. They completely threw away a lot of the, the the stuff you were used to from Dragon Quest, and they just sort of created like a brand new Ultima game, but with Dragon Quest art and creatures, Toriyama stuff. It's wonderful. It, it's like a it's like a Western RPG with a JRPG flavor, and it's mm. great. Mm. Yeah. My big memory of Dragon Warrior, uh, the original Dragon Warrior. Uh, is that it was the first time when I they featured it in an epi in a episode in an issue of Nintendo Power, and it was the first time I had ever seen the word role the words role playing. I remember game. that they, issue. They had to like they they, they teach whole, people exactly, what role playing. It was a whole paragraph game. intro, yeah, uh, or two paragraphs. It was basically a page um, explaining. Yeah, this is what a role playing oh, game is, and that. Dragon Warrior is your role playing game. Right, you know, and a little part of my a new a new like if you, anyone seen Inside Out mm -hmm. recently, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like a new island. Yeah. RPG, <laughs> RPG Island just, just just came into being in, in little in, yeah. in little Vince's brain. It's such went, a, hmm, this this is this, uh, this is uh, lines up with my interest. <laughs> you're going to attack, and then you're going to pause, and then they're going to attack you, and yeah. then you're going to go on a quest and open a treasure. And well, it's such a brilliant iteration on Ultima and Wizardry. You know, they took these computer RPGs and said, "How do we make this work on this limited interface with these buttons and this controller and the limited amount of memory we have?" And the solutions they came up with it really is just a, a pretty brilliant game the original Dragon Quest despite its its flaws and I, I we really do owe the console RPG legacy largely to that they're just mm -hmm. like a, Ultima and, and Wizardry and a few other things like Black Onyx in Japan were really popular and they just found it this perfect adaptation so so well done so I, I guess I, I don't even know did Dragon Quest 10 come out here uh, no, I don't think so. I don't, um, think, I don't think Dragon Quest Ten ever came. It was an okay, so that was kind of MMO ish. Yeah, that year. was the MMO one. Yeah. I don't think they ever released it. No, I don't think it ever came here. Uh, it just they released it in Japan though. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven has not been confirmed to come to the West yet. But, mm -hmm. uh, so I don't. I don't know what that. What's going on with that series? I strongly suspect that one will come here because I don't think they're planning a massive multiplayer setup. Yeah. And and, uh, and it, it, some of that was the platform for that. There, there's a lot of reasons that that fell where it mm -hmm. did. All right, moving on. This guy's Whoa. played 
Angry Birds 2. I did, I know, you're all dying to hear about it. I mean, Spill. I have enjoyed playing Angry Birds games in the past. Well, like that's already, it's, it's the butt of a lot of jokes, but I do think a lot of people, that core sort of flinging is, it feels really good, and I've also really respected the Angry Birds franchise for being more of like a puzzle game than I think people give it credit mm. for. Like if you really sure. try to get three stars, you need to do some specific stuff in the levels and figure out what that is. Um, I thought Angry Birds Star Wars was very, very good. Star Wars was, was maybe yeah. was maybe the peak. I really liked it's, yeah, I liked everything about that game. Yeah, so Angry Birds 2, um, it's coming out. By the time you uh, watch this, it will already be out and live. Um, let's start with some of the bad, some okay. of the not so good. All right. It's a free game, it's a free download, and it's moving to a live space system like uh, probably most commonly found in Candy Crush Saga, so. Live base system? Yeah, so if you fail a level, if, you've, if you fail a level, you lose a life, and okay. then you get that gotcha. life back in 30 minutes, and okay. you have five lives total. Yep. So if you fail a level five times, you gotta wait two and a half hours to play more, or you can spend, you know, a dollar, whatever it is, to get to refill your lives, so. Mm -hmm. Real quick, I thought it was 10, was it five? Uh, I mean, I don't have the game yet. Like, uh -huh. I just saw, I just played it some. Um, there's some, I think, it, I think it's five. Okay. Um, but either way, like, again, part of the game was you could fling and fling and fling and exactly figure out how to master a level, and they kind of took that away from you unless you want to spend money, so that doesn't necessarily feel so great. Um, you also have, like, power-ups that are basically kind of auto-win buttons, but you can buy those with the premium gems as well. If you're ever stuck, you can rain birds down from the sky. Um... I want that power in real life. Yeah, no kidding. Um, undoubtedly disappointing, and I don't want to sugarcoat it. You know, it doesn't, mm. feel, it doesn't feel good to not be able to play the game whenever well, you want. All right, then. But the good. Yeah. Like, now we can get on to some of the good. Um, the game is legitimately really good looking. It's running at 60 frames per second. So, oh. I mean, it sounds silly, but seeing the destruction, like, it's very, very fluid and mm. impressive watching, mm -hmm. you know, the TNT explode and all the physics happen in real time. The irony is this game's being made by Rovio's uh, Swedish studio, mm. who... Um, a lot of them, there's not a lot of game development in Sweden, so there are a lot of DICE EA, oh. former DICE EA employees. So they worked on like Battlefield 3. And so they went from, you know, Levolutions in that game to like Angry Birds Levolutions now, which, which I think is kind of funny. Um, no, the good is um, if the old games were more puzzle-based, where it was really sort of precise, or you had to like whip it around a planet in a specific way to get three stars in Angry Birds space, now it's a little bit more arcadey. Um, so you have a random, you have like a, you have like a book of birds or like a deck of cards that are your birds, and you get dealt a different set every huh. time. So you don't know what three or four birds you're going to have, and then each level is multiple parts now. So if you're in one one, it'll be like destroy this stage, and then a second stage, and then a third stage, and so you kind of have to uh, ration your birds a little bit. Like mm. you might have a powerful bomb bird, but if you burn them on the first stage. Then you might get to the third one, and then suddenly you're left with your weak birds. So there is a balancing act between sort of, okay, I have these eight birds total. I have to get through five stages. Do I use my sort of weak, boring red bird now to try to try to get through the stage and save my stronger ones for later? Um, that element of it felt really good, but the randomness of it means that sometimes it might be out of your hands if you don't do a great job. Mm -hmm. You might just need to restart and hope to get a better better starting set of birds. And when um, you restart like that, you are costing yourself a life. And then you cost lives. yourself a life. Mm -hmm. um, I don't necessarily, like people I, People are gonna bellyache about the life, lives thing, and that's a totally legitimate complaint, but for me, Angry Birds is like a snack anyway. 
Yes. So, I, like, that's never bothered me that much in mobile games, like energy systems that refill over time or any of that. Like, I'm playing a game for 20 minutes at a stretch and putting it down anyway. See, this um, is a bigger problem for me because I dive into Angry Birds and just, like, yeah. play, 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 that's, play, I would, I play, played play. Angry Birds Star Wars for hours and hours yeah. on end. It's got and, a cool, it's got an endless mode, so it's got an arena where every day it's a new daily challenge where it's never-ending sort of semi-procedurally generated stages. Mm where you have your finite number of birds and then you make it through as many of those stages as you can and then you're competing against your friends for high scores. It's a new, you know, a new one, new set of stages every day. So that's mm. kind of rad. All right. My I, problem with the, the time-based life system is that it should just be an option. There should also be an option for yeah. me to pay Five ten, bucks, $10 so, yeah. and just have everything, mm-hmm. yeah, just have the game. Like, yeah. the fact that I can't just buy that, that's what bugs I would me. pay $20 for Angry Birds. I mean, if it was good, yeah. like... Uh, yeah, but, but I'm not going to load a game that I know yeah. is going to sit there and just beg me to send it money. Because then it's like an arcade machine in your in your phone or device yeah. or whatever. And if I have an arcade... People really like arcade machines. Yes, but you yeah. can set them to free play in your own house after yeah. you buy them. When you, if, you, if I buy an arcade cabinet, I don't have to keep yeah. putting money in it. We played, we played Rampage this weekend. Yeah. And I was like, well, we put a dollar into it and yeah. played for, you know, whatever, 15 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. that was it. Had fun. Yeah. Ate some people. Mm-hmm. Oh. You do wow. meet a lot of people in Rampage. Yeah, you did, yeah. Yeah. I was so confused because I was did, you, did you use the good old trick of like um, climbing right to the top of the building and then just holding like diagonally down yeah. and yeah. So, punch, 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 yeah. punch. Yeah. So yeah. as you climb yeah. up, you, you punch the building that's behind you. Right. Punch, 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 punch. And then when you're up to the top, punch, 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 punch. I love the jerk move you can pull in Rampage where you see one of your friends dying and you can just hover over them and grab them and eat them right before they regenerate. It's great. I love it. It accomplishes nothing at all mechanically, but it's just so much fun. Yeah. So I do, you know, sum it up, I think mechanically, I think the actual, when you're in the level fleeing the birds, I think it feels better. Mm. Uh, it looks really good. It feels really good, very polished. Um, how much that metagame element of lives recharging does sort of mess with the look and feel, you know, we need to spend more time with it to determine yeah. some of that. Cool. All right. All right, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Hey, listeners. Greetings, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, GameScoop. At IGN.com, just like Chris did from Saskatoon. Saskatoon. Where's that? Good old Saskatoon. Sounds like, is it Canada? Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Maybe. Uh, I'm no. guessing <laughs> Burma. Be. Burma. Burma. Well, you may know it as Burma, but it'll always be, no, Myanmar. Now it's Myanmar, but okay. you'll, it'll always be Burma to me. That's a Petermanism, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he has, a, very, he has a, a great question, a big question, but also a, a straight and to the point question. What is the golden age of video games? Oh, this is so good. This one, huh? Mom, this bum, one. Bum. Well, well, I would it, so. So if, there isn't some great. It depends on how long I, you consider an age. Can I? Can I say this first of all? Uh, a golden age is defined as a period in a field of endeavor when great tasks were accomplished. Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, yeah. what is the golden age of video games? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy, right? Because you can make an, anyone can make a totally valid argument for almost any of the eras. Yeah, I agree. I feel, well, okay, so I'll say this. I feel like things are a little bit dicier when we're just getting started with a big transition in technology. Like, right. I, the PS1 and 64 era is when I became, I'd played video games my whole life, but that was when I'm like, I'm, this is going to be my life. Yeah. I love this hobby, but there's no denying that in hindsight, like those games are really blocky and clunky. And then it was it was the next generation, the second generation of 3D, where like incredible Mm -hmm. feats were achieved. 
Yeah. Um, and, I, and I would make the same argument for the 8-bit era. Yeah, it's important yeah. not to let nostalgia and right. your, your beloved childhood memories mm -hmm. determine what like, is the golden age. My earliest, yeah. my earliest memories of video games are with the NES, but I don't think <coughs> those games aged as well as the SNES and Genesis games. Nope. So for me, the golden age is you know roughly 1990 to 95, that 16-bit era. That 16-bit era. So yeah. Super Mario World, uh, Link to the Past. Super Metroid. Super Metroid, which is my favorite game of all time. Um, you know, in the speed of stuff like Sonic, even though that gameplay didn't hold up, you know, I'd never experienced anything like that at that time. Um, all, Final Fantasy VI, um, all those RPGs, Chrono Trigger, you can go on and on and mm -hmm. on and on. To counterpoint that, I think everything you're saying here is absolutely valid. However, one of the virtues of 8-bit games and first-generation 3D games is raw experimentation. They are much rougher around the edges, and some of them are harder to go back to, but people are always trying new things. They were inventing new things constantly, and that's one of the things I love about that age. So I'm gonna, ch uh, uh, you didn't give us a, a window of time, so I'm gonna say about 1989, 90 to about 2000. From the end of so the that, NES era, when you've got the- decade. Yeah, the peak of the NES era, when you've got the best, most polished NES games coming out, when they'd really mastered the sucker, and they were doing all kinds of neat stuff, and you still had, and you know, I can cheat. I can still go to the store in 1990 and buy Bionic Commando, which was made a couple of years before. Hmm. So that's okay. Um, but uh, I, I, can, I can go and grab things from the end of that 8-bit era, uh, and then all the way through the, 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 play, uh, the beautiful SNES polish era, into the PlayStation when the optical media made things cheap and when development was much easier than it was during the assembly language era and people could try all kinds of crazy stuff and release it for $40. And finally, I get to hook on the very end of that and get the Dreamcast, which was one of the best 18-month <laughs> gaming experiments ever. Uh, I, so, so from the, I, I'd say pretty much everything, you know, I, I, maybe I'm gonna push it up to the late 80s and get Mega Man 2 and buy a Commando in there. And, uh, You're getting pretty greedy. I am getting pretty greedy. Okay, yeah, I am getting pretty greedy. Well, but think if, about okay. If, so the history of video games is what 1972, three, some of the uh, up to now. That's what a. Uh, 40-some year window. Mm -hmm. so I And you're I'm trying probably, to cover... I'm thinking a quarter of it. Yeah, a quarter of, of all <laughs> the video game history is the Now, I asked age. you about this before the show, and you said yeah. it was okay. I'm not. I said it... Any, there, whatever. There are no this, bars held. Yeah. It's whatever you think. I'm I just saying. I, I like the experimental, is, the experimental nature of that age. There is something to be said for optical media and games coming on CD really letting people go kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, it, you know, what, there wasn't a lot of digital distribution at the time, so, you know, now, now we're seeing that again, where mm -hmm. you can release whatever you want. If it sells 500 copies, but you made it in your basement, fine. And that was that was like the precursor to that. You would get weird PS1 games for the first time ever. A game didn't need to sell, you know, a tremendous number of copies to make its money back yeah. from the cart that was printed. So, you know, just like I, I don't know, stuff like Prop of the Rapper or Intelligent Cube, or I don't even know. Hander, yeah. or you know, um, mm -hmm. just all kinds of crazy things came out during that period. I love that Square Enix released a 2D shoot 'em up. Yeah, yeah. on yeah. consoles, oh, on, that's in, at retail. That's, still really that's one, one of the best shooters of all yeah. time. And then you also in that period you get the Sega Saturn era. That thing was a Frankensteinian monstrosity, but it had so many good games on it. And and then you get all that wonderful weirdness for for the the, the weird consoles that popped up and died. In that period, but all of them had two or three really interesting gems uh, yeah. on them. You had things like Return Fire yeah. or, or the, the Tempest remake for the Jaguar. You know, these are really good games too. Yeah, and it's possibly you know, the, the last Golden Age of import too. Yeah. And then on top of that, oh, Golden Age, it's an amazing Golden Age. Yeah, yeah, such import. a good point. So yeah, yeah, Vince, Vince, what's your... Yeah, where, what would you say is the Golden Age of video games? No, actually, I, it, Jared stole my thunder. I was going to say like 90 to 2000. Like that to me is the... You know, like like you said, you you're, you're getting the last few great NES games trickling in. That's that's the entirety of the 16-bit era, which to me is like pound for pound. That's the greatest. That that is the greatest console generation. 
is the 16-bit era. Yeah. Um, it is the best versions of all the classic franchises that started in the 80s. Um, and then you also have the... N64 had some revelatory titles, which, you know, what we said, haven't all necessarily aged uh, wonderfully. Um, and then, like, late, mid, and the, the late 90s, some of the stuff that came out on PS1 was yeah. just next-level revelatory stuff, like, you know, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, you know, Metal Gear Solid, uh, stuff like Final Fantasy VII. Also, yeah, also, massive achievements. Also, we're completely ignoring PCs here. That mm -hmm. era for PCs sure, was, yeah. was the golden age. I, sure. I don't think there's any question there. This is the era of Civ and Civ Two and Doom and Quake. And I mean, th this is when PCs ruled the universe. Half Life, Baldur's uh, Gate, sneaks in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Baldur's Gate. Uh, yep. Yeah, the, some of the some of the great uh, Apex uh, Apex RPGs released during that period. Yeah, it's so good. All right, so. You're all sort of like in the era. You said like the, the first half of the 90s, and then yeah. both of you tend to agree it's that whole decade. Uh, let, me, let me put this out there. I, when I, I think maybe uh, the last generation, the Xbox 360, mm. uh, oh. PlayStation 3, and Wii generation, because that was uh, the first time in a long time I was seeing new big AAA games that were taking video games to new places, doing things I had never seen before. In that generation, we get Mass Effect, Bioshock, Portal, Mario Galaxy, Uncharted 2, The Arkham Games, Skyrim, Fallout 3, Red Dead Redemption, The Last of Us, Rock Band, and Guitar Hero. All this amazing AAA stuff. And then you also, in that generation, saw the rise of indie games. And alongside that, we're playing Limbo and Super Meat Boy and Pac-Man Championship Edition DX, Braid, Walking Dead, Trials, Mark of the Ninja, Geometry Wars, Fez, Peggle, Joe Danger. Yeah. Then there's also the Wii, Doing something totally different and creating this entire new demographic of gamers, the, you know, more casual gamers, yep. introducing motion controls, and that same period saw the rise of mobile gaming and on iPhones and uh, Android devices, which was like, a, you know, that was a very exciting time. There's a, a different way to interact with games, new input, mm -hmm. all sorts of new ideas that they're playing with. You uh, convinced me. So yeah, just think about all that. No, and that's then, an amazing era. I, and I think it might. I think unfortunately that might be over. Because now today there there's no more mid tier game yeah. level, fewer AAA games, and now most releases are big, you know, are, are indie game releases, and uh, there's no more Wii. There's no more of that casual market. It's all it's gone. The Wii U is is it's it's a failure, and then uh, mobile gaming has the the well has kind of been poisoned by free to play. Yeah, so. I, I think that it's an extraordinarily valid point. I would not argue against you on that. I, I, it was a it was a ridiculously rich era. Uh, for innovation in games, um, and I, I think especially when when I, I, I XBLA changed the world. I mean, yeah. it just well from, from Braid our on, world. from our world. Yeah, but, well, I, it changed. You know, I, it, it it put things into people's hands. A kind of game that seemed to be completely dead. It, it was it was a pretty wonderful thing. But yeah, the, you listed off some extraordinary evolutions on ideas that were planted in that classic era. So I, also, I have no argument against that. I think my issue with Last Generation, everything you said is super true, right? It's an incredible generation, and I've talked before on Gamescape about that combination of small and large both being able to grow and thrive. It's mm -hmm. really fun and powerful. Um, but it was the start, we saw the kernel of things that are creating problems for us today. Yeah. You know, sure. the, horse armor. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. That generation brought us horse that is, armor. That is, that's a really good point, too. Um, and now, and that's just the continuation of, I mean, games have always Annualized been Annualized games. Yeah, I don't have any illusions about video games not being about making money in the 80s and 90s. Obviously, they were. But yeah. I, I feel like we have the, you know, the, the tail wagging the dog now in terms of, uh, okay, let's have a... Ten-year plan for monetizing our product, and you know, let's try to get the revenue per user as high as we can. And uh, the the 
purity of gameplay of just let's make a really great product and then you know people want to spend 40 or 50 or 60 dollars for it is gone yeah i don't think it's probably ever coming back uh early access is um kind of okay but even that's kind of troublesome now in a lot of ways um no that's that's a lot of valid arguments also to to go into an old horse i like to beat when you bought a console between 1990 and 2000 you're reasonably assured that it would work um whereupon during that last generation um how many Xboxes survived from those dark days? Yeah, I mean, it, it was ridiculous. Oh, I thought you were going in the direction of uh, of uh, just console updates and hard oh, software. I, well, I, was, I was going I mean, there. Uh, this, that, like, that was I coming next. I had, I had <laughs> PS3 two, I, two or three of my Xboxes yeah. I had to send back and have. Yeah, the Red Ring of Death, yeah. but also just sitting there be like, time for a PS3 update. It's such a joke. New game. It's such yeah. a joke, yeah. but it's not a joke. Oh. It was like 9 p.m. one evening, and I'm like, I'm going to play Arkham Knight. And I'm like, nope, I just can't play video games tonight. <laughs> and you're like, and that's why that's part of why I actually play yeah. a lot on iPad now because I end up I end up, I pick up you must build a boat while I'm waiting my Xbox One to update and I'm like well this is really fun so yeah I'm following this little project right now there's a group of guys that have gotten together to create a kind of a hobbyist uh, home game platform that's yeah. going to be designed to be written for largely I think it, it, that kind of assembly language construction it's not sure called UI is it yeah. uh, no it's not okay. no this is not meant to be a mass market product it's very much a boutique thing. But the idea is to create like a locked platform for hobbyists to make small market games. Sure. Uh, I'm really interested in that kind of little boutique niche to see. That will never be a big thing. The boutique niche. Uh, Yeah. uh, Justin and I may have discussed something similar in the past. Oh, really? Is is this Playdia all over again? No, no, no. no, no. So so Damon, I ran the numbers on these console updates. And if this trend continues, we'll be spending 1,000 hours a day updating our consoles in the next decade. 1,000 hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's surprising. I didn't even realize that there were that many hours in a day. <laughs> if, we, if, the, yeah. if the line continues in the direction that it's going. 1,000 yeah. hours a day. Yep. Wow. Well, yeah, cool. so those are all really good points. I uh, think, I think the, the main thing my takeaway is that right now, I don't think that creatively or in terms of quality, we're in any worse of a place now than we were last generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing is, we're begin, like you said, we're beginning yeah. to see the seed that was planted grow into this tangle of vines that, that's threatening to start strangling creativity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's still time for us to, I think what, what needs to happen is- It's the suits, man. It, the, the suits. The, it's the man, man. Like, uh. but, I, but I think once we, I think once, it's gonna take some time, it's gonna take diligence on the part of game fans and consumers voting properly with their dollars, and it's gonna take some forward-thinking executives to think about what's the right thing for the future uh, and the long-term growth of the industry, and hence their paycheck. Um, But I think once we figure out the way to do business in a way that's good for developers, that's good for retailers, that's good for consumers, and that's good for developers and publishers, I think once that all gets figured out, Mm -hmm. I think it's gonna be another, another golden age, for sure. Oh, yeah. that'll take, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's true. I like to read old books, and it's fun. You read them, and they'll start talking about like the good old days of games in old books about sure. games. It's yeah. great. You go back, you're like, you know, you go into an arcade between 1980 and 84, you'd have thought that was the golden age of video games. You, you, can, make an, you can make an argument for the early 80s being the golden age. I mean, you, gosh, an arcade in those five years would have yeah. just been the most there amazing is, yeah. place I think it, there is a pretty clear golden age for arcade games yeah, being sure. the early oh. 80s. I think that's yeah. pretty gosh, cool. Uh, but viewers and listeners, uh, what do you think is the golden age of video games? If you're watching this video, let us know in the comments. If you're listening to the podcast, email us at gamescoop at IGN.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Can people watching the video email you? Yeah, sure. They can do that, too. And cool. then the cool. people listening can also go to the video and comment on That's it. Awesome. That's awesome. Crazy. Yeah. That's freaking amazing. Uh, before we 
we go, you know, you know we gotta play Video Game 20 Questions. Yeah, let's do it. Here we go. Let's do it. Right. Video Game 20 Questions, and our suggestion this week comes from Irvin. I'm so bad at this game. From I Fort find Pierce, hard to believe. Florida. So, gentlemen, you may start your guessing. You're, 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 you're questioning. We'll go down the line. As we, we, know, we know what the first question this, is. Does the game come out before January 1st, 2000? Yes. All right, so it's, um, what do you think, by platform? Sure. Okay. Uh, is it uh, a Sega platform game? Nope. Is it a Nintendo platform game? Nope. Is, okay. it, a, is it a Sony game? Nope. PC, probably? Probably PC. Most likely. Um, there are other options, but probably PC. So is it a PC platform game? Nope. Okay, so... Well, all right, wait. All right, well. so now so it's not Nintendo, so Sega, it's Sony, so it could be 3DO, it could be... Um, Mac? It could be... It could be Mac, it could be... Um, it could be a TurboGrafx game. Uh, it could be an NEC Hudson game. Yeah, it could um, be a, a TurboGrafx... It could be an Atari game. Okay, okay. Well, it could be Atari. We're going back... We could be going way back here. That's true. Um... um Okay, I'm trying to think about the smartest way to yeah. narrow this down. I think the smartest way would be maybe to ask if it's... Amer no, Amer it almost certainly means it's from an American... Should, on, on a platform made by an American company. Well, unless it's NEC. Should we maybe ask if this was on consoles at all? Well, we said PC. So it's probably... Yeah, if it's not a PC, I mean, Mac is the only other... Right, so the only I feel thing. like if we ask that question, though, we can eliminate the idea of whether or not it's one of these smaller consoles that we don't usually get stuck with, or if it was maybe an arcade game. I mean, there's, oh, nothing, exactay. there's no okay. rule saying it can't be an arcade okay. game. Okay. Was, this, was this an arcade game? Yes. Ah. Well done, oh, Vince. Excellent, <laughs> bravo. Do you, do you play as a human? No. Is this game an environmental cabinet? Uh, can, I don't understand the An question. environmental cabinet is a cabinet that has a wraparound structure, do something you that you get you into don't inside or the you game. stand on or get into. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, did you, that, that, would, that would include like hang on or something like you know. It's, it's a, no. okay. I want right. to point out that you don't play as a human. You don't play as a human. Right. Okay. You don't play You're as not a human. human. You're um, not a human being. Was this was this game tied to uh, some kind of a uh, entertainment license? Uh, no. It was not original. When the game was released, it was an original. Work. When oh, it was okay. released, it was That's good to work. know. So it created. I want to know. Was that like Turtles in Time and like you maybe know. era? Yeah, I want to get. I want to get. Yeah. Was this released in the eighties? Yes. Okay. That's released, ten. Okay, it's ten. It's released in the nineteen eighties. Um, we talk about genre. We are you a that. human in centipede? Uh, you are holding. Technically, you're holding a magic wand, uh, but you are a magic wand in centipede. Technically, are you? Um, are you a human in space invaders? Uh, no, you're a. Little ship. Well, a little ship. that's kind of getting abstract, right? You could be a human inside. You're that a ship. ship. You're a right. ship. You're a ship. Right. I, right. I think it's fair. Maybe genre. Maybe yeah. Uh, okay. Or or yeah. Sure. Is it a single screen game? Yes. Okay, that's important. Okay. So no scrolling. Um, I'm maybe gonna get a little bit crazy here. Okay. Do you eat things? Mm, no. Okay, so no. that actually do eliminates you, a lot of single screen yeah, games. Do Good you question. shoot things? No. Oh, you don't, you don't shoot things or eat things? Single screen, you Neither don't eat. Eat. <laughs> shoot anything. That's you did in the 80s, shoot things or eat things. Okay, you don't shoot in the 80s. Um, is this between 80 and 84? Yes. Yeah, that's okay. Like, good. Okay, so we're classic era. You're not eating, you're not shooting. Yeah, but that eliminates there's there's Robotron. Yeah, Robotron's so gone. Many, you're not a human. It'll, uh, it'll Jungle gone. Um, gosh, is, single did the, screen. Did the, did the company that make this game... Sorry, it's Vince's turn. 
No, it's okay. Uh, we're we're free from oh, here. I might, I might know what this the is. The company that made this game, are they still in business? I don't think so. Okay, I, yeah. I might know what this is, but uh, I have an idea. What do you think? Say it I'm running down like the row of like maybe maybe like a Qbert type thing, mm. like one of those. Um, let's ask about controls because that's great for our kids. Is it a joystick driven game? Yes. Okay. Qbert's so that, a good guess. That cuts a lot of things Just, out. Does he, is he? Is the does the hero have a filthy mouth? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many games in this era um, that fit this criterion, though. Hubert um, never eats. Hubert does not eat. Uh, mm. He lands on a ball, but he doesn't eat it. And you don't play um, as a human. Hubert's totally a good guess. Yeah. What's a way that you can but, narrow it so, down that might? Well, not we know it's just Cubert. Oh, there's so many other things. This the could other be. one. The I other think one about like Donkey Kong. You don't, oh no, you're a human Donkey Kong. That doesn't work. What's right. That? I was thinking of Crystal Castles. Yeah, Crystal Castles with. with well, no, that's is, no, that's that not joystick. Joystick. There was a joystick. Well, so, right, yeah. right, it's a roll. It's a rollerball. Right. It's a roll, yeah, it's a does, game. Does yeah. the game star what we would consider like a cute mascot type character? Yes. Okay. Cubert's a good guess. Ask if he's. Wait, wait. There's a way to do this without. Does the game take place on a diagonal axis? Yes. Okay. Uh, All right. Think is the game Cubert? Zach, is the game Cubert? Yes. Yes. The game is Cubert. Yeah. We did it. My well first done. video game. Oh yeah, that's that was right. your that's first your video first game on the, on the TI ninety nine four A. That's a wow. good port. Yep. That's yep. a good port of Cubert. Yep. Nicely done. We did wow. it. Yeah, we did. That guy or uh, Vince got you on the right track. Gets you on the arcade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arcade that was track. Right. <laughs> burned a bunch yeah. of questions. On <laughs> it. I think yeah. it's good asking for narrow it down to the early '80s, and then the single screen question is really, really. Yeah, good. that was a yeah, really good question. question. Single screen, no eating was really good too. Yeah, yeah. That was a great question. <laughs> no eating, no shooting. <laughs> no eating, no shooting. <laughs> yeah, and not human was very important. Or we, we could have been. Human. I've been running yeah. like Jungle Hunt or something at that yeah. point. Like, oh, that's thank yeah. you. Good suggestion, Irvin. Yeah, that was fun game. I'm still mad at myself about Beyond Oasis. Like weeks later. Uh, oh, yeah. No, you got to let it go. <laughs> all right, that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Vince. My name is Damon. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address gamesoup at ign.com. This is IGN Gamesoup, and we're out. of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling-medical-investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.